G'day everyone and welcome to the return of another Bloody Movie podcast. We've been off for a while, but now we're back. I'm Sean Coates, joined again, once again, all the time by everybody's favourite film snob and the spiritual co-host of this show, Eric Tisher. Oh, I thought you were supposed to say Ashley, but she's not here, unfortunately. <laughs> no, unfortunately, Ashley is an 11th, it was meant to be on this episode, but is an 11th hour dropout. She had she got called into work right at the last minute, so she is with us in spirit for this episode. But we have a new, brand new guest here joining us for the first time. He's a Melbourne film student. He is one of the creators of Take 42 Productions and is the host of the Bigger on the Inside podcast. Welcome, George Kapaklis. Thank you. Happy to be here, guys. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about what Take 42 Productions is before oh, yes. we get into myth? Of course. Well, basically, we're a production company basically specialising in all sorts of stuff. Um, so whether that be short films, uh, talent rap, music videos, just trying to get ourselves out there as a bunch of uh, first-year film students. Um, and yeah, we're, we're currently working on two short films, filming this month, should be released over August and September. So yeah, should be exciting stuff. Yeah, keep an eye out for that. And what's the Twitter <laughs> handle? Yeah, Twitter handle is Take42Prod, but I will double check since I did not make it. <laughs> um, I made the account, but I forgot what the thing was. Take42Prod, yeah. So you can find us on there. I will be tweeting all sorts of behind-the-scenes stuff for the films. So mm, Excellent. And <laughs> this is, as we say, this is your first appearance on this podcast. Yes. You do your own yes, Doctor so Who podcast. Yeah, me and my friend Nick, we just chat every month about Doctor Who movies, just anything. Um, since there's no Doctor Who this year, it's been a lot of movie talk, and we and we start to revisit old episodes, and uh, yeah, it's fun, good stuff. Yeah, you'd have a lot of content to get through. You've got over fifty <laughs> years worth of stuff. We we never run out of stuff. We never do. It's great. Yeah, and that's the same with this podcast. There's never too many movies, and of course, like what we're about <laughs> to get to, there are way too many movies. Too at much. The sixty-sixth annual. No, not no. Hold on, I can't remember how many years it is. Just say the 2019 <laughs> Melbourne International Film Festival. 18 days of movie madness. It's about to happen again from August 1st to 18th. The program got launched on Tuesday. This is going to be crazy. I can't wait. That many this. movies in 18 days. My God. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Right now you you guys can do it. <laughs> So, Eric and I, Eric went for the first time last year. I went for only the second time. Uh, George, oh, what? Oh, I, was, I was second time last year. Oh, as well. really? Yeah. Oh, that's right. You saw Happy End in 2017. Yeah, I only saw a handful of films in 2017. That's right. That's right. And, George, as a Melbourne local, um, yes. but you said, you, what's your track record with So, myth? yeah, my first myth experience was only last year. I saw uh, Shoplifters and Cameron Post both in the same day, back to back in the same theatre. So, it was a very sort of fresh sort of small introduction to it but now i am ready to do see much more so well i think that's actually a good introduction to the film festival experience because you have one very highly acclaimed foreign film yeah and you also have like a really <laughs> really down-to-earth like american independent exactly. film as well which is basically what most film festivals <laughs> consist of it's so. in a nutshell for sure absolutely but uh so yeah program launch was on uh on Tuesday night, uh, myself and Ashley, RIP for this episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we both went, and uh, the atmosphere in the room was absolutely oh, electric. I like there was, I don't know if anyone watched the live stream on Facebook that they did, but there was a lot of woos when certain films I were was, announced. I was screaming from the live stream. I was when they announced uh, a specific marathon. I went crazy <laughs> on the on the live stream, but yeah. All right, we might as well just start there with like the initial program. Uh, mm -hmm. What are some of the highlights that uh, for you guys and what are you most looking forward to? Okay, I guess I'll start. Um, I won't lie, when, when they announced a Goldblum marathon at my favorite <laughs> theater in Melbourne, I went ecstatic. 
um, including one of my all-time favorite films, um, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. The lineup itself could be better, but it's Goldblum, so like I'm not really complaining. Mm. They de- they do pick the best actors to spotlight for an overnight marathon. Um, so yeah, that's that's that, that, that was my first big like holy shit we're getting this. Um, I was also really excited to see which one was it? The Farewell, which is playing twice, the closing night, and as well again on the mm. final night, which is probably one of my f- top top anticipated films of the year because I know it will break me. So I am yeah. very excited for that one too. And we're recording this on Thursday, like the day <laughs> before the tickets for the general public actually sell out. So it's just the members pre-sale right now, but people have already found a loophole to get tickets before <laughs> the thing through the Myth app. Shh, don't tell them. <laughs> it's okay, it'll be, it'll be fine. It'll I hope their tickets out. won't be void. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's just in that. And already the second session, uh, the regular session yep. of the farewell uh, already has selling fast. Like yeah. I've got my ticket for it. I am freaking out now. I'll have to go on that <laughs> as soon as this podcast is finished because my God, I need to see that movie. But I'm, I'm just, it's, it's tough when like films like this come along in, when it comes to scheduling your schedule yeah <laughs> because like the farewell gets a general release on september it does, 5th it does and there's quite a few films in the myth lineup this year which have released general and like national releases so close to after myth like the nightingale is another one comes out on yeah. the 29th like animals is another one comes mm-hmm. out september 12th like there's a bunch of other films that have very close release dates those definitely help my my my, my uh, you know options but with stuff like portrait and the farewell i just i'm not gonna wait it's really bad yeah. but like i'm just gonna go see it as soon as i can yeah. But thankfully stuff like The Nightingale, as you said, is getting released quickly after. So, mm. Well, you mentioned Portrait of a Lady on Fire, there, yes. the new Celine Sciamma yeah. film, which won the best uh, s- uh, screenplay award at Cannes. Got I believe so much rave. <laughs> also the Queer Palm at the at Cannes Film Festival as well, that. I believe. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I've heard out of, out of Cannes, obviously, but also uh, fr- friends of mine that saw this at the Sydney Film Festival have mm-hmm. been raving about this They've film. Been, yeah, I can't wait to see it. It's, it's got a, a lot of emotional like raving about it, so I'm really excited to see what it's all about. Mm. What about yourself, Eric? What are you looking forward to? <laughs> um, you're, you're always a fan of the epic, like, sort of long, slow yeah. cinema traditions. Yeah, there's a lot here to offer this year, I reckon. Oh, you, they don't do too bad on having some pretty long films. Like, my, my favourites for last year were, like, um, what was it? Uh, Season of the Devil and uh, The Wild Pear Tree. So this year I'm pretty I'm eager to watch the the new Lav Diaz film, which would the be the Holt, the which science I believe fiction it, film. Yeah, Lav Diaz doing sci-fi. <laughs> that like my, <laughs> my head cannot get around that. Oh, well, I mean, he's he did a rock. I mean, uh, rock opera last year. Um, seems like if it's if it's got a long runtime, he can do it. <laughs> you just need to give him as much time as he needs. <laughs> Uh, the the other really long film or the longest film they have here, which is being shown in three parts, uh, the flower is uh, probably what I'm most excited yeah. for because everyone that I know that's seen this say it's uh, brilliant. Um, and uh, I heard extraordinary stories, which was his last film, which is also very long, is also very good as well. So um, it seems like uh, as Argentinian filmmaker uh, is also very good with long run times. It's it has me intrigued, uh, the flower, but uh, it's being because it's a fourteen hour long film. <laughs> it's uh, that's a big commitment in itself, but it's also being screened in I believe five hour blocks over the last weekend. I believe it's starting at like six pm on the Friday, mm. 
night and then uh 10 p.m on both the saturday and the sunday after that so it is a big commitment it's, and it's like huge. <laughs> there is a lot of films that you could potentially miss out on because of that and i think there's a couple that you're going to miss out oh there's on a couple that yeah because you're you're also tackling uh the 25th anniversary 4k restoration of bellatar's classic film Satan yeah tango. i'll be watching Satan tango as well at the um, asta about well it'll be fine at the asta i like that cinema <laughs> it's a beautiful cinema not the comfiest seats, though. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's just a peg above the comedy. Then that's. I mean, it's I'm just. Jealous. I mean, if I was if I was good for the whole uh, cageathon last year, I should that's be fine true. for that's Saint true. and Tango. <laughs> yeah, I think they're just a peg above the uh, comedy theater. Which, by the way, thank the Lord for the musical Come From Away, <laughs> which is occupying the comedy theater mm. while during MIF. So it's been forced to get new venues this year, and we should just talk about that quickly. Uh, five new venues this year. Uh, yes. One, <laughs> uh, one in the first weekend. Uh, they're using, they're getting the plenary at the Melbourne Exhibition Centre, and the the big five thousand for people outside of Melbourne. The plenary is at the Melbourne Exhibition Centre. It's this huge five thousand seat like amphitheatre, <laughs> and they're going to s- split it up into three different sections, like three different like twelve hundred seat like cinemas. It, it's. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to work. It's apparently, unreal. apparently they have like removable soundproof walls that you can do, and it. it, it I hope that's right because. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, also because in that weekend, in, on that Saturday, I'm doing a triple feature Whoa. in, or, or planning to do a triple feature in that. I think I'm actually no, I am doing it because I've already put my tickets for it. I'm doing a, a three a can triple feature, two of which will be a double feature for um, humanist social realist filmmaking because <laughs> I'm seeing Ken Loach's Sorry We Missed You followed by the Darden Brothers' Young Ahmed and then followed by the Brazilian film Baccarat. Wow, that's yeah. a lot. <laughs> mm. Now, um, the, the new Ken Loach film I'll be interested in watching as well because uh, he, he seems to still be doing quite strong. Mm. Um, in his early 80s, he's still going yeah, strong. Yeah, he's still going quite strong in his early 80s. There seems to be quite a lot of good stuff they have for restorations uh, over here, which is uh, nice to see. I think, um, was it they were going to show The Cremator? Yes. Which is a that, film that I really like. That <laughs> is part of the uh, Strickland direct, Peter Strickland director focus, because In Fabric, which I saw as a screener for the Sydney Film Festival, uh, you can read my review for that on moviebabblereviews.com. Little shame, shame, <laughs> shameless plug there. But no, because um, I guess because Street, Peter Strickland's only made, like what, four films? Yeah. And he's made a bunch of shorts, and his shorts are screening before the films in the retrospective. But to mm. fill up the retrospective that he's had... They are screening a few films which are like big inspirations for him. So there's three different films. One is what you've said, the Czech film called The yeah. Cremator. I believe another one is a Paul Morrissey film called Trash. Yeah. And I mean, they're all pretty interesting, these films that he says that he draws most inspiration from because they're all vastly different from each other. Like you got this sort of Czech dark comedy uh, horror film and then you have uh, Shadow of Forgotten Ancestors, which is sort of the, uh, the precursor to Parajanov's change in style. Um, mm. And then you have Trash, which is uh, like, you know, uh, Morrissey Warhol, um, really grimy film, sort of like a beat literature equivalent, but in, in, in uh, celluloid. <laughs> Just getting back to the venues for a moment. So we said we've got the plenary as a new venue this year. Um, also, Acme as well, not being used be- because of uh, it's being closed for restorations for the mm-hmm. next 12 months. But uh, we've got the Capitol Theatre reopening on yeah. Swanston Street, which I haven't been to since it's reopened because they've been doing like a lot of Acme screenings have been there, like the Varda retrospective that was part of the Sydney Film Festival screen there recently. Yeah. I was over in Europe when that was happening, so I didn't get a chance to see it there and I don't have a Cinematech membership so I haven't <laughs> been to see 
any of the stuff there. But just looking at photos and videos from like the it's, interior, it looks absolutely. I went there for the first time for a Vada double, and it was wow, what a cinema! It's it's gorgeous. So I'm so glad that they're doing stuff there this year because it's yeah, the restoration is gorgeous. I love it. Also, interestingly, and I believe it's only scheduled for weekends, but the Cinema Nova are doing like a lot of the late night sort of fair. <laughs> and I think uh, they only open on weekends, and it, but it just makes it because the Cinema Nova in Carlton is just going to make uh, getting from film to film yeah. a little bit more difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Nova. Yeah. <laughs> because well, on one of the nights um, after I'm seeing Portrait of a Lady on Fire, I've got, uh, I'm seeing the Scottish film Beats at Cinema Nova. So I've got half an hour to basically. <laughs> Run from uh, from Hoyts Melbourne Central to Cinema Nova. Hopefully, I will make it. I'm sure you will. <laughs> you got this, man. <laughs> this something that will quickly be known as Smocker. 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 The <laughs> Sofitel Melbourne on Collins Auditorium is. It's weird that that is going to be a festival for me, <laughs> and even weirder that that's basically replaced Acme as like the yeah. set, the the other cinema that's going to have most of the sessions during the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's strange. It's gonna be fascinating, like how that that's gonna be a, a cinema. Like I've, I've known pe- I've, I've, people have told me like that have had conferences and things like that there, and like lectures. Like it's a fairly good space, but I don't know how it's gonna be for like a film. Mm-hmm. Like the same would go for the plenary as well. Like seeing like a like an a, like M- MSO like uh, performance there would be amazing. Yeah, a cinema though, like it, who It'll, knows? I mean, I'm seeing the lodge there, so I guess I'll find out what it's like at the at the smocker. So, Sean, what are you uh, interested in seeing at MIF this year? Oh, so I have uh, there's not really particular ones that I've got. Like I've basically just looked through the program. There's obviously a lot of the can lineup that like played at sydney or like missed out at sydney and are playing here Mm -hmm. like i mentioned the three earlier baccarau uh young ahmed and sorry we missed you um also in that list is um almodovar's new film pain and glory and we mentioned portrait (coughs) of a lady on fire Mm -hmm. like all these films uh not too many australian films in this uh this this, uh this year that i'm really all that keen for the only one that i really am and i think it did really well at the berlin film festival and it's one of the films as part of the MIF premiere fund this year is uh, a film called Buoyancy. Ah, that's the only one I'm s- like, that's like one of the main Aussie films that I'm really keen for. It's on my lineup at the moment. But that, that looks really good. I'm, I'm excited to see it. I don't think I've seen anything from Buick before. Yeah, I'm trying to look up his name. Eric, you've got the program. <laughs> we yep. really should have, uh, like, uh, hold on. Should be uh, looking in Australia. Rod Rathjen, I think it is. Rod Rathjen, yeah. So he's his done, this is his first feature. Yeah. So he's done some shorts in the past. But um, yeah, yeah I've, I've heard a lot of great stuff about this one. So I'm really keen for it. We also mentioned um, The Farewell, which is the uh, like one of the, the closing night gala screening. Mm-hmm. We mentioned some of the other films playing in the galas. Uh, first, the opening night film, which is the Adam Goods documentary, The Australian yeah. Dream. I, um, I haven't really mentioned this on the podcast before because I haven't really had a chance to talk about it, but I am a massive AFL fan. <laughs> and like the Adam Goods story is something... like I'm not a Sydney Swans fan, but like Adam Goods yeah. was like one of my favourite players that didn't play for my team like mm-hmm. of all time. Yeah, like He's a fascinating player and like he, it, like, he's an amazing player player like champion of the game but also like his off-field work with the recognized campaign and like his fight against like institutional racism in australia and like that whole saga that this documentary like you know entails and like Mm -hmm. follows like is just a fascinating like thing and just a really dark time in uh, like 
in in Australian like modern Australian culture. So I'm really interested to see how this documentary tackles it and also compare it to the documentary that played at the Sydney Film Festival, The Final Quarter, which was also about the Adam Good story and like the fallout from the big racist scandal mm-hmm. that happened there. But then that, as, but whereas that documentary was like in the style of like Senna and Amy and like the Diego Maradona documentary that's about to come out, uh, that was a lot like that, like with archival footage and like all this stuff. Like this one, like Adam Goods is like actively involved in this documentary. Oh wow! So it's going to be a very interesting. And the final quarter, if anyone's interested, um, it's actually screen. It's actually being broadcast on Channel Ten on Thursday, July the eighteenth. Oh wow! Okay, I'll have to check that one out then. Yeah, but yeah. So the final quarter, like I'm really, really interested to see how this film, like you know, tackles this. Mm-hmm. And the other one... Oh, sorry, Eric, you were going to say something? I was going to say, I forgot to mention uh, two films that we're uh, very interested in watching, which would be Deerskin, um, <laughs> from our, our favourite French musician. Yeah, and, Qu- um, Quentin Dupieux? Is yeah. How, how do you, what's, what's, oh, his, what's his... Mr. Mr. No, Ozu. Mr. Ozu, that's well, right. That's yeah. His. I don't know. I, I would say Mr. Ozu. It's probably wrong. <laughs> And there's also First Love, the new Mike film. Yeah, we're doing a double of that. We're seeing them like right after the other. Mm. Now, both of these filmmakers, like Takashi Mike has made over 100 films. I've only seen one of them, which was his 100th film, Blade of the Immortal, which I've heard is a big bit of a departure for him in terms of like like a big kind of blockbuster sort of film for mm. what he did and like a big like manga adaptation which was Blade of the Immortal, but also, like, it's very akin to his style of, like, this ultra-violent, like, super-stylized sort of, like, action. Yeah. It's strange for a person that's made, like, a hundred films, he doesn't seem to run out of steam. Oh, <laughs> absolutely not. Like, he's an incredible filmmaker. His work ethic is absolutely amazing. But, yeah, talking about Quentin Depew and uh, his new film, uh, what was it, Diskin? And it's yeah. got, yeah, which is just has the most ridiculous premise I've heard it was so ridiculous <laughs> that, that I was so disheartened that it did not like fit with my schedule because the uh, premise just no. sounds insane <laughs> so for people who don't know the program guide says wrecked by a mi- r- racked by a midlife crisis jo- uh, a man splashes 8,000 euro on a fringe deerskin jacket with a digital video camera thrown in to sweeten the deal and it ignites a madness of taste convinced that he shares a special understanding of the supple suede jo- George's which is the character's name who's played by Don- John Dejardin of all people from The Artist so it's going to be interesting to see him in a film like this. He decides that nobody else must ever wear a jacket again. <laughs> and he recruits a waitress and aspiring film editor to help him document his violent adventures on that fashion's wild so frontier. Like, oh, my God. I mean, if you've seen films from this director before, if you've seen um, either Rubber, which is about a tyre that kills people, if you've seen Wrong, or if you've seen uh, his film that he did last year, which we saw at um, Paris Cinema Fest, Keep an Eye mm. Out, like this guy makes just the weirdest movies that I are just stuff delightful to watch. Damn, these they're, they're sort amazing. of just, they're just, just they kind of like just joke movies. It's it's <laughs> it's amazing because if you try to to look at it too critically, you're just gonna get you're just gonna be disappointed because it's like why is this there? It's just uh, uh, Mr. O's would just be like. I don't give a shit. Just throw it in there. <laughs> just want to just make this this bizarre nonsense absurd film. Um. But yeah, Diskin, it, it kind of sounds like a like a parody of uh, 
what's it, Man Bites Dog, which is sort of like a parody yeah, a of those bit. like true crime documentaries and crime films and stuff like that. I wonder if this is gonna like like Man Man Bites Dog, which kind of like was found footage before found footage, mm. or like yeah, that kind of like mockumentary yeah. style filmmaking. Like I'm wondering if like this is gonna take like that mockumentary sort of approach, or what do they call it? Docufiction is what they yeah. call it now, I guess, but. It'll be interesting to see, like, what approach this film takes or if it's just going to be, like, a wild kind of, you know, midnight madness sort of thing because that's what we're seeing this at the late showing at Smocker. Smocker. There's an 11.30 showing on, I believe, Friday the 9th, which will just be a lot of fun. And that that, that day I'm actually planning on doing a crazy film triple feature, quadruple feature, quadruple. actually. Yeah. So that, that day that I'm planning on, it starts at 4.15 with a film, a Sudanese film called The Kasha, which I'm not quite sure if any of you have heard of no. here, but it's a romantic comedy. Basically, it's a romance film about a man and his AK-47, essentially. <laughs> so, yeah, there are a few things that this man loves apart be- more than his beloved rifle, much to the chagrin of his sweetheart, Lena. After p- a post-coital argument, the weapon ends up in the hands, in her hands rather than his, and the timing couldn't be worse. Akasha, the annual roundup of soldiers for next year's forces, is coming, and Ad... Adnan knows he'll be facing trouble if he loses his AK-47. Teeting up with a pacifist who desperately wants to avoid being recruited, <laughs> the young rebel embarks on a 24-hour quest to reunite with his girl and reclaim his gun. This sounds so much fun. <laughs> oh, my God. I have to see if it aligns with my schedule. <laughs> yes, I'm seeing that, which just sounds like the, w- one of the best premises of like the entire that sounds program. sounds fantastic. And I don't, think I don't think there are too many films coming out of Sudan, so that's going to be yeah, a fantastic... Yeah. Like, film to watch so you've got someone's love with their jacket and someone's love with their ak-47 wow yeah both on the same beautiful day. romances and then <laughs> also following that of man's love with karate with the jesse eisenberg yeah. film uh <laughs> the art of self-defense which looks nuts <laughs> it kind of looks like uh it kind of looks like a yorgos lanthimos film a little bit you think so a little bit yeah mm. i get that sort of vibe from it it's, it's mm. not like what you'd usually see is it like mode. deadpan delivery a little bit yeah it's and not too much but i think it's i, I definitely see the comparison very, very kind of dark humor to it too they, they show the trailer at the program launch and it looks quite funny <laughs> and it's the second film of the program also starring with Im- jesse eisenberg and imogen poots along with uh vivarium which i'm seeing quite early on in the festival which i haven't really i don't really know much about but i know it's a sci-fi film mm-hmm. and a lot of people early reviews have compared it to like a, f- a w- like a episode of black mirror so Oh, Should be interesting go. to check that out. Well, I hope it'd be a good episode of Black Mirror <laughs> that we'll be comparing it to. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard this last season was not that great. I mean, I haven't seen too many episodes it of Black Mirror. It wasn't that great. Sadly. No, I haven't liked Black Mirror for a while. Mm. And then after that, I'm seeing First Love, which is just you know Takashi Takashi Miike <laughs> like you know Yakuza film. Miike plus Yakuza, you can't go wrong. You cannot go wrong. It's like Katano and Yakuza. Can't go wrong there. <laughs> Uh, anything else that people want to mention about anyone seeing in many documentaries we mentioned uh, the final story uh, not, not the final story that's a different football documentary we mentioned the Australian dream are there many documentaries in the program that you're keen to check out or is it mainly just the features I think it's mainly the features at? because it's yeah, a limited I haven't for me. really had a look at um, documentaries uh, yet but I'll probably give that a look before Friday mm-hmm there is, uh, I'm not like the docu- not, not too many of the documentaries have really jumped out at me. There's one which I'm trying to find, which just sounded. I'm seeing it on the premise alone. Like I don't think it will get a whole lot of mileage it for a feature length film, and I don't know if it will like sustain itself. But it's mm-hmm. this film, Recorder, the Marion Stokes project. So it's about this woman, Marion Stokes, who recorded every single channel 
on her with her VCR from 1979, all, all 24 hours a day, seven days a week, like 52 weeks a year, all the way until her death in 2012. Whoa! Every <laughs> so it's like this, this is the year for concepts, and this concept is obviously here. It's Holy a fascinating shit. concept, but I'm just like well, it's I, a fascinating case, you should say, yeah. considering yeah. being a documentary real, and you want it to be story. true. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Eight VCRs, damn. 70,000 tapes. running at the same time. <laughs> like, this film hopefully will be good, and it looks like it's got an interesting enough subject matter. It is only 87 minutes long, but I'm just a little bit worried that, like, this yeah. will be a great for a documentary short, and I just don't know if there would be enough material here. I mean, she had enough material. Yeah, so. she, had, she definitely <laughs> did, but, and I'm sure the film will use a lot of that, yeah. but I'm just not sure if yeah. that will make... How much I'll go into, like, her... Because uh, yeah. that's, that's what I'd be worried about. Like, how much could they get out of just this woman recording all this this footage because mm-hmm. um, i'm just thinking like oh she's just crazy <laughs> unless she's trying to do some kind of uh, experiment like uh record all this this footage and sort of compare over the years um when it says here in description they think it might be a case of a ocd uh to its extreme um but yeah it'd be it'd be interesting to see how they how long they could take it for for 80 minutes and sort of not lose steam and not repeat themselves or anything like that I noticed with a lot of the documentaries that I saw at MIF last year, which were all really good, like the likes of like Chris the Swiss and Three Identical Strangers and these kinds of films, like they all were fascinating films with like fas- fascinating cases. But like uh, th- there was a there's a point where they kind of run out of steam, like towards like the end of the third act, but then they pick they, they pick up a little bit towards the end for like to the co- for the conclusion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think this may like kind of get into like might might fall into that category. I'm hoping not, but I'm like hoping that with like an only. Uh, any minute runtime, surely they sort of know what they're, yeah, how, how much they're covering. But I guess we'll have mm. to see. I mean, yeah, it could. It, this could be like it sounds more like a fascinating, like, uh, like TV docu, like hour-long TV documentary yeah, yeah, than sure. like a narrative film. But I'm hoping to be proven wrong. Sure. Well, let's and hope they didn't just push it to that length, so it looks like a nice feature. Because I, they probably could have just showed it at sixty minutes, but <laughs> people like you know. That 90 minutes between two hours kind of runtime. One of my favorite segments of uh, the MIF program is always the night shift section, which <laughs> is like the sort of midnight madness sort of fair that we've been talking about. And we mentioned one of the films already, Deerskin. Um, there was one that you're really interested in, uh, Yeah, Eric. there was an was animated it? film called Violence Voyager that looked like it had a very interesting <laughs> uh, animation <laughs> style with like cardboard, like painted cardboard cutouts. I don't know um, anything about it. I just well, heard people compare it yeah, to, we've, to we've, we've just, it we've just taken inspiration from Cronenberg. <laughs> um, it looks pretty looks pretty mad. Truly, I'm pretty eager to watch it. A truly radical piece of cinema. Um, I like that. That's yeah, awesome. they, that's where they show all the fun stuff. Um during the uh, was it the midnight the, the shift? night the night shift the night section. shift yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just looks a little bit just looking at the uh, the program and looking at some of the images here it looks a little bit too it looks a little bit too weird for me but <laughs> like I, I haven't really let that stop me before with myth like I mean well and at film festivals like I saw piercing at Sydney Film Fest last year and that film is great but also like incredibly strange well I'm, I'm like, hoping this, that I'll dig it this looks like really really out there. I mean, they have deer skin there. They have, um, they have first love playing a night shift, or uh, no, no, they don't. I believe that's part of the can lineup, actually. Yeah, like the headliners, or just like the international films. Well, they got this sure. this this Swedish um, 
animation, I think it is. Um, okay. What is it? Koki D, Koka Da. Oh, that's not an animation. I think oh, I've that's got not that. An I think I've got that like in my list. I don't know really much about it. Oh, Apparently sorry, it's just an animator. Swe- um, Swedish horror film looks really interesting. Yeah, this seems uh, interesting. Um, just, just uh, like based on the premise. Um, that I'm probably just going to go into blind. Hopefully, I won't be disappointed. <laughs> So it says, still grieving from the loss of their eight-year-old daughter, a married couple set out on a camping trip in the forest, hoping to mend their fractured relationship and restore some peace of mind. Instead, they're taunted and murdered endlessly by three grotesque figures sprung to life from a childhood nightmare. A nursery rhyme champing ringleader, a strong man carrying a dead pig, and a spooky, angular girl with her vicious pet dog. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, so it sounds like crazy Swedish horror movie. This will be a fun, like, Midnight Madness sort of film. For sure. And another one that I'm really interested in, and I believe I'm hopefully like it's a New Zealand it's a New Zealand film from a a guy that's done like a lot of like uh, anthology horror, like he did like a lot of the Field Guide to Evil, and like I believe the ABCs of Death. He and it's this is his directorial debut. Uh, it's a New Zealand filmmaker named Ant Timson, and he's doing a film called Come to Daddy, starring Elijah Wood, which this sounds really <laughs> fun. So yeah, Elijah Wood plays a 30-something misfit hipster DJ and a recovering alcoholic who still lives at home with his mother. He's not seen his dad in decades, but when he receives a handwritten invitation from the man who abandoned him as a child, he naively jumps on the opportunity. Big mistake. (laughs) (laughs) This sounds so much fun. Mm, And Elijah Wood, like, I mean, he doesn't... The dude's got Lord of the Rings money. Like, he never needs to work ever again. (laughs) But, like, that's the thing. Like, ever since then, like, he's done just so many interesting projects. For sure, yeah. Has this director done um, Turbo Kid and Deathgasm? Yeah, he was producers on all of those films. This is his directorial debut. Well, if it would be something like those, it would probably be very fun. Mm. That's what I'm hoping too. And also, yeah, as I said, Elijah Wood picks really interesting projects. And also Madeline Sammy's in this movie too from The Breaker Uppers. So that's going to be interesting. Um, as we said, we mentioned the Peter Strickland retrospectives. They're doing retrospectives for a couple of other filmmakers, uh, notably Penelope Spheris, but also uh, a favourite filmmaker of yours, Eric, Agnieszka Holland. Yeah, well, a filmmaker that I find interesting because she's been working for a while. And um, it's a strange, like, critically, um, it reminds me of uh, another uh, German New Wave filmmaker. I don't really have a name in mind. Um, but, uh, uh, Vert Mueller? Not Vertmuller. Yeah. Um, I she was working before then um but it's a bit uh like like holland she did some uh, co um, co-directing work with uh, other filmmakers of um their movements um but yeah um so some of these films that they have here seem very interesting like they have provincial act uh, actors i'm not sure if that's if that's um uh this, her provincial act, actors is inspired by, um, I think there's a Czech provincial actors as well. I noticed that uh, Burning Bush um, is, uh, is actually a Czech Republic film, um, according to this, okay. uh, which is surprising. So, um, yeah, the Holland seems to be working all around the place. Um, but uh, uh, A Woman Alone is, is a very nice film, so I'd like to see that in, uh, in cinemas, as well as uh, Man of Marvel, um, which she collaborated with uh, Wajja. Where are all these films screening? Because uh, are they in all I, in, like, the same venue? Because I imagine I'm, like the Capitol Theatre. Might I'm be not sure, but they they would usually at, le- at least how I'd imagine they'll do um, when they're doing a retrospective. They'll have most of the films and the playing at the one or two venues. Mm. Well, you've got the program right in front of you, so what yeah. Are they Let's see. see. Uh, the Smoker, uh, Kino. 
Yeah, mo- most of them seem to be at Keno. Half of them are at Keno, but the other half are just at all the different places like Hoyts, uh, Capitol, um, yeah, Smocker and Forum. Just a quick shout out as well. Keno, a great, like, it's the smallest venue of NIF. And it's, I think it's one of the better ones. Like, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. we, we get the two screens at the Kino again this year. So that's great. But another blessing uh, as well as like all the new venues as well. And because of the two venues that are unavailable this year, uh, two new screens at Hoyt's Melbourne Central are going to be open. And that is <laughs> oh, yeah. amazing because Hoyt's Melbourne Central is easily the best venue for NIF. Can't wait and it's one it. of the best places in to see a movie in Melbourne, like just regular. Well, it's, it's one of the easiest to get to because it's right on top of a train station so that <laughs> yeah. makes it very helpful exactly but also like the extreme screens there where, where they yeah. always hold the MIF sessions and they're going to be doing like co-current MIF sessions in both Cinema 10 and 11 which are both of the extreme screens which I believe hold like about 600 people each wow so like there's a screening I believe of the one I'm going to a portrait of a lady on fire there mm-hmm. that's playing in Cinema 10 and 11 so that means at least like almost a thousand people can go see that movie at that one time oh, wow Jesus. <laughs> it's amazing I'm seeing my um, I'm seeing Long Day's Journey Tonight there. It's my first session. Yes. For my first time at Melbourne Central for the Hoyts. That'll be probably a good choice. We, it has been a long day's journey in tonight to get that <laughs> film into Australia. Oh, yes. yeah. I mean, it was d- running the circuits everywhere last year. I was afraid they just weren't going to get it at all. And uh, I really liked the last film um, by the director. And um, this... Uh, Kylie Blues? Yes. Yeah, Kylie Blues. Um, that film also has a, has a very long, um, uh, long take, but this is, he's even, he's managed to top himself with a long day's journey into night. Shooting it in 3D too. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to sh- screen it in 3D. Like the program doesn't really say much. The, pro- yeah. the program also says that the movie's only 110 minutes long. I saw long, you tweet about that. Which yeah. apparently it's not. It's, t- it's about two hours and 20 minutes, but the MIF program says it's 110 so I, I don't know if that's a misprint or if we're getting some sort of edited oh, version might, here. Myth, please clarify this. Might <laughs> be just under two hours. I don't know. But also with Long Day's Journey in Tonight, and they're also doing it with the Japanese film We Are Little Zombies, is they're doing this collaboration with the web, uh, with the restaurant Supernormal here in Melbourne, where you can go to Supernormal before the restaurant before the film and have a five course meal at the restaurant that has a menu themed like a themed menu to the film that's going to see. Well, and they're doing it only for Long Day's Journey Into Night and the Japanese film We Are Little As Zombies. As I'm seeing both films, I might take that opportunity then. Wow. Do you have, a, <laughs> do you have $150 spare? Because nope. <laughs> <laughs> that's how much I spent on the tickets. Um, wow. That's, I'll just look at the people eating it from afar and just like admire them <laughs> and be like, you guys, well, I'm jealous. But that's, that's crazy. I'll be a bit worried if, you, if you're purchasing a ticket just for the meal. <laughs> yeah, it'd be good. I've heard Supernormal is a great restaurant, so and you know, I'm sure they are. I'll, I mean, I won't know for a while. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be. A, God, who knows? It probably takes a forever to get a reservation in there. Who knows? Mm. Yeah, well, we are the we are the upper echelon of the Melbourne film community. We we, we know <laughs> what we're talking about. But yeah, we are little zombies. Was on my radar when it was first announced for Myth, and it just I don't know, just the concept alone, Japanese crazy films are just my shit mm. and i can't yeah. wait to see it these absurdist type sort of coming of age films i love them yeah it sounds so. sweet yeah this fi- this is a film is about like four teenagers who i believe their parents all die tragically in some sort of accident they <laughs> yeah. all become they all become friends afterwards and they start a pop band together so why like, not what's know? not to love <laughs> about that should be good i think it'd take inspiration from sono 
Perhaps it looks very bright it and colourful. Yeah, yeah, looking at these screen caps, I'm getting that vibe. Well, the first one here on the like, it just look. It looks just so like outlandish and fun. Like, like it, but what kind of menus do you think that'll have <laughs> for uh, what, like we what, are little zombies? What will they offer? I do not know. Just yeah, sell your tinsel. <laughs> here, have a uh, twenty different colours of tinsel. <laughs> it's your meal. Video game inspired aesthetic. Yes, please. Thank you. Yeah, uh, they, they mentioned they they dropped eight bit like talking about it at the program Whoa. launch. So like yeah, like you'll, you'll have me hooked just by saying that. And I'm not I'm not even a huge video game fan, but you say eight bit like I'm there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Are there any that you, like we we mentioned like Long Day's Journey into Night was a huge surprise I think for a lot of people because I think a lot of people have just kind of given up hope there. Yep. Were there <laughs> any other like big surprises that you thought like weren't going to be at MIF but? I don't think so. There? Um, let me have a look. Um, God, I think the farewell was a bit of a surprise. That was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was like the second film. That was like the first film that they announced. Too, I thought like they would just go through all the all the ones that, that were already that, announced, but they freaking announced a farewell right at the start. It was like well, once one surprise that um for me, and it's the centerpiece gala. Um, Abe Forsyth's new film, Little Monsters. Uh, a film where Laputa Nyong'o plays a kindergarten <laughs> teacher that goes around killing zombies. What a concept. <laughs> it's, a, it's a musical with um, zombies. Apparently a musical? it's a musical, yeah. Oh, no, now I have to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Musicals are my thing. Oh, shit. Okay. So, <laughs> well, I, I think so anyway. Well, there's pictures of Laputa Nyong'o with a ukulele, so I'm assuming that, it is. Okay, so, musical me. zombie film that sounds similar to a film you saw last year, Anna of the Apocalypse. I did not see Anna of the Apocalypse oh, because I was told it was awful. Oh, so I shame. avoided it. We, we need more good zombie musicals in now, you know. In the lineup, but I'm I'm interested because Abe Forsyth is a director who I think could pull this off. His previous film, Down Under, which is a comedy about the Cronulla race riots, and he handled that incredibly well <laughs> and that. with a lot of maturity in a film that was both like incredibly funny but also like kind of moving in the same way, and oh. also like really you know kind of impactful. So I'm interested to see what he does with yeah. Little Monsters. But there is no screening outside of the uh, gala, centerpiece gala screening. <laughs> Hope for the surprise screening. Surely. Like like Long Day's June tonight, I'm surprised that they're showing Sunset, Sunset as well. Because I thought they one. were just going to forget about it, <laughs> yeah, uh, to Laz- be honest. Because La- running the circuits last year, yeah, but it didn't La- come over here. Laszlo Nemez's new film is follow-up to Son of Saul, which uh, I believe once one sort of won some kind of prize at the Venice Film Festival. I'm blanking on which one it was. Program probably says it, but it doesn't matter. Oh, well. this, this film was actually on the Qantas flight back from Europe. And I decided not to watch it. <laughs> wow. <because laughs> I didn't, I, I, I thought it would like it had already dropped on DVD like unceremoniously here in Australia, but turns out, no, it's playing here at MIF. <laughs> That's funny. But speaking of other films that just have unceremoniously dropped at MIF because of like bad distribution, or like, you know, just lazy distribution, Harmony Corinne's The Beach Bum playing at MIF. That, that, was, was, a, <laughs> that was a surprise. I did not see that coming at all. But I haven't seen it. I haven't seen Spring Breakers yet or any of those other stuff. So I'm not sure if I should. Yeah, this looks this, this looks very much like Spring Breakers from the just just from like I guess like similar plots, but like I I wasn't the biggest like I uh, Spring Breakers is a film I appreciate more than I actually like, and mm-hmm. now I'm kind of glad that Ashley's not on the show today because you probably kill me for saying that <laughs> right now. Is she a big fan? She loves that movie. Yeah, a lot of people seem to like Spring Breakers a lot, um, which is interesting. I guess it's uh, something like Spring Break is more of a traditional film than something like Gummo or like Trash uh, Humpers, or, <laughs> trash humpers uh, or, or something like Julian Donkey Boy where it was just uh, young Corinne was like, I just want to make a movie with all the good moments that you'd remember. Mm. I don't really care that much about well, story structure or Beach Bum like looks that. like it's kind of accessible. At least it has a much more accessible like cast. I mean, oh, you've sure. got like... I'm going to expect it to be more Mac- like... 
um, Spring Breakers than um, yeah, than know. any of his other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing very polarizing things about it. I know some people that love it and some people Same. that just hated it. <laughs> well, I've I seen hear five stars and like you know. I hear a lot of people <laughs> would like compare it to something like uh, Bukowski, or, or they would they would say like, oh, uh, Matthew McConaughey is playing himself <laughs> and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, so it'd be it'd be interesting to see um, whether you know this is the film's insightful in any way or if it's just you know obnoxious or if, if it is obnoxious just it, it's very aware that it's obnoxious because yeah. um, some a filmmaker like Corinne wouldn't be too uh, worried I would assume people not taking his work no. seriously <laughs> <laughs> no absolutely not so yeah I would I would love to see the beach bum there it kind of clashes with a few other films I want to see yeah, <laughs> it clashes one of the films that it clashes with that I'm really seeing it clashes with Baccarat is one of them but mm-hmm. also another film that it's clashing with another can line up is uh, the Chinese gang I believe it's a Chinese gangster film called The Wild Goose Lake oh yeah which I don't know too much about this but the premise sounds very very interesting I, that one. I, I was I'll thinking bring of it watching it, it as well premises huh uh, damn it'll be under T won't it because well, Taiwanese action you know, I'm sold there. Mm. <laughs> Let's see, the wild goose lake. Just give me a minute while I try and get <laughs> to it. It's just, why is the myth program, all that does are under T? That's actually chaotic. That's annoying. That's, that's some chaotic energy right there. But wait, how do... Okay, no, this tea. is... It's oh, probably it all under T because it counts for that. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> it just shouldn't be doing. That's, that's terrible. This is the new film from Dio Yunnan, who made a film a few years ago called Black Coal, Black Whoa. Coal Thin Ice. That, that, that's going cap right there. Just, <laughs> just sold me. Mm. Yeah, that's great for a podcast, isn't it, George? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, go go to the. Go <laughs> My to bad. The, yeah, go to it's the purple. Myth, that's all that does it. Go to the Myth website and have a look at this. But yeah, reimagining the film noir, film the city underbelly. Oh, it's just a thing. So a gang, gangster on the run from the police recon when he is on the run from police when he re- when he connects with a sex worker who has instructions to bring him in while the underworld flashback while his underworld flashbacks reveal his predicament the pair is hunted along the shores of the titular lake and Dow weaves his intricate tapestry of mul- of criminal mu- double crosses and brilliantly chore- orchestrated violence you may never look at umbrella the same way again Whoa. okay <laughs> yeah interesting Mm. Oh, the Aster's playing it. Interesting. Aster is playing it. It's play- it has three sessions, one at the plenary, one at the forum, and one at the Aster. I believe I'm going to the screening at the forum because that's the one that clashes with Spring Breakers. Mm-hmm. No, not Spring Breakers. Sorry, the Beach Bum. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, imagine if they did a Harmony Corinne retrospective oh, in a few they years. Did a <laughs> retrospective. I'm expecting it in 2020. Oh, next year. Yeah. Or oh, maybe maybe after that. Does he have enough films for a retrospective? Oh, I'm yeah. sure he's got shorts. He's too. got more than... Well, Strickland doesn't have a retrospective, yeah. but more than him, he's well, got a semi-retrospective. If they I want, will they, du- will they double up and show the films of his creepy friend, Larry Clark? Yeah, probably. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. A midnight screening of kids. Avoid at all costs. That's what all the creeps will go Oh, just, you know, just double uh, Ken Park and kids. <laughs> <laughs> Oh fuck no! Yep, uh, <laughs> kid, kid, fucking uh, the double feature. <laughs> yeah, throw John Cameron Mitchell in there while you're at it. Do a triple feature of that, <laughs> those two films, and throw in Short Bus. Why the fuck? <laughs> anyway, where were we up to? <laughs> we mentioned the surprise screenings, holding out hope that maybe Little Monsters might be a surprise mm-hmm. screening. Are there any films that, that Miff missed out on that you were hoping surprise screenings? And we're all going to say it on three. Oh, One, light, two, three. The Lighthouse. lighthouse. <laughs> but if they did that, which they won't, chaos will go. You know, it, it'll, it'll just, everyone will be like, including myself, just simultaneously pissed off. But 
I'm starting to I'm starting to convince myself that that's not a real film. <laughs> like Robert Eggers just took a photo of Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson what, in front a of a lighthouse. The and film then, doesn't exist. They convinced all these critics at Cannes to talk about this film it. that doesn't exist. I'm convinced of it. Well, I hope it exists because it sounds pretty damn cool. It's too cool. good to be true. Is that the, the thought it's process? The, because I think A24 are just they know their audience so well, so they've created, they've created the cinephile's wet dream. <laughs> And made it the perfect fake movie. I mean, think about it. Black and white, the freaking aspect ratio. You've got freaking Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. It's, it's, it's a dream. Yeah. And I really hope it's real. And it's <laughs> a horror. Of course. Yeah, yes. Exactly. It's a horror that people won't say it's a horror because, you know. Well, I heard yeah. some people say that there's elements of comedy in it. Yeah, That's so that should be surprisingly. Exciting. We've got so like a comedy horror with the first. Like I wouldn't know. I I wouldn't go as far to say like a comedy horror, but it does have like moments of like humor in there. Like I'm not really sure what kind of humor. I just heard there's, uh, yeah. there's some humor in it. I guess, it's like and it, it doesn't seem to to kill the tone. Um, yeah. of the the main horror tone of the film. Mm. One director, another film that screened at the director's fortnight at Cannes, which I'm surprised didn't show up because I believe he's a favourite of this festival, especially because of his film that screened last year, had like three different sessions. Uh, Gaspar Noe's film Lux Eterna. Isn't coming here. Could potentially be a surprise that screening. Would be I think that would be a really good surprise. <laughs> just imagine that. You just walk into a Gaspar Noe film. And, uh, you've the 50 never minute seen short yeah, the, yeah. the 50 minute <laughs> Gaspinello film with Charlotte Gainsbourg and I can't remember who the other actress is but apparently like the re- reactions out of Cannes are nuts <laughs> yeah so that'll be interesting but I think one and I think this is the longest of long shots but I believe because he had fil- because it didn't play at Sydney it, it was one of the big films to come out of Cannes and it's uh, it, I don't think it's played at any other festival since and I'm st- even though it's got a Boxing Day release and Fox Searchlight picked it up during oh. Cannes, is there any chance that Terrence Malick's A Hidden Life could be a late announcement or a oh, surprise screening? I don't know. Do it's like three hours. You'd kind of <laughs> know if it was a surprise screening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, three hours. I wonder what this is. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's just one part of the flower. <laughs> Well, no, we're just screening the flower again. It's just, it's just like, a, completely. It's just like the middle chapter of the fl- or the last ep- part <laughs> of the flower. Oh, I didn't even watch this. No, it's a chapter unabridged. It's the four, full fourteen full hour. Full fourteen hour screening. Oh, I wonder what this is. And it's like, I turn its They just on. say that it starts at like twelve and goes for two hours, but it would finish the next day, <laughs> the next afternoon. Yeah, in terms of programming, what are some other things? Like, I'm surprised that the uh, Aster got as many films as they did. Because for memory, and correct me if I'm wrong, last year they did not get much. I feel like I would have gone there more often if they did. I believe it was the Cageathon and only a couple of other screenings. Yeah. They're doing a couple of, like, special event screenings. Like, for some reason, they're doing a preview screening of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. That, that, that's like that I've got that for a month, I think. Just yeah, just wait till it comes out, and it's going to be like what four sessions a day for like a month. It is, like, and it's going to be a lot cheaper to see it then than to see it at MIF. So what? Why? I why, mean, why bother? I, I don't understand. But if people are so excited for that movie, I guess I get it. But Astor has that booked out for a while, so I will not. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know if anyone knew, but Vinterberg has a new film. Yeah, Kursk, I believe. Yeah. I've heard. I actually saw that while I was overseas in Europe. There was already Blu-ray copies of that. <laughs> Oh really? Like, yeah, it's about like some sort of submarine disaster. It has a pretty yeah. good cast as well. Like um, Colin Firth's in it, Leah Seydoux, Mat- um, Matthias Schoenhertz. They're all in that film. So, yeah. Yeah. speaking of, Ma- Ma- I said Matthias. I should have said Matthias. Um, <laughs> Xavier Dolan's new film is playing as well. Matthias and Maxine. Yeah. Mm. He's 
I mean, I've I've only seen about half of Dolan's films. Um, I think a lot of he definitely has his critics, and he's definitely mm-hmm. uh, very vocal about his critics yes, too. That's like, true. I believe that's the whole reason why he left Twitter, actually. I think it was, yeah. Oh, but speaking of surprise screenings, will depending on uh, if Matthias and Maxime does well, do you think the life and death of John, the death and life of John F. Donovan, will ever see the light of day? We will never see that movie. No, I hope, so. I hope, I hope it's a surprise screen. That'd be amazing. But that, that, that would be pretty interesting. Actually. What the hell is this? We'll get all four. We, we better get the four-hour cut. The one before the, the one before Jessica Chastain got cut out of it. <laughs> But no, but the weird thing was, because I went and saw another film that's playing at the program at MIF um, while I was in Italy in my trip around Europe, I saw The Dead Don't Die while I was in Rome. Yeah. And um, before The Dead Don't Die, I saw a trailer for The Life and Death of John F. Donovan, <laughs> which apparently is out in Italy right now. Okay. So, I, it's, it's, getting, it's getting released somewhere. <laughs> as long as some people are getting it, then, you know. Or oh, maybe next time you go back there, you might be able to pick up a like a, a yeah, one a, euro <laughs> Blu-ray copy of it. <laughs> yeah, it'll be in a bargain. It'll, it'll bin. be in a bargain bin, <laughs> like an, an, an Italian JB Hi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but oh, that also reminded me. I've talked to Eric about this, but like it's. It, I, I noticed while I was in Italy, like going to the Dead Don't Die in a small like cinema, a small two-screen cinema in Rome, mm-hmm. which was one of the few places in Rome that didn't have a film like the Dead Don't Die dubbed. Like, I, it was one of the few places where I could see it. So <laughs> in its original form with Italian subs. But one of the funniest things was distribution there is really weird. Like, they, I saw a trailer for the Matthew McConaughey and Hathaway film Serenity. That doesn't come out <laughs> until August in Italy. But the funniest thing was, because the trailer was dubbed, the funniest thing ever was the voice actor they got to dub Mac- Matthew McConaughey is an Italian man speaking in Italian in a Matthew McConaughey impression. <laughs> and it is one of the funniest things I've ever oh heard. God. Oh, it sounds amazing. <laughs> I, and, I, and I'm a big fan of Serenity, so I should watch the film again oh in Italian. That, that sounds yeah. amazing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I think we, we need to do a film fiasco on Serenity, I think. I would that's like, to that's watch that. I, that that's imminent. Like, I've heard things about that movie. Well, there, there might be a Lynch connection in there. Oh, is there? Really? There might be. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, well, for new listeners of this, this show, with our film fiasco, we have we've we tried to think of a connecting thread between all of the ep- like all of the films we cover, and so far we might think that David Lynch is the underlying <laughs> thread. Because in Wish Upon, we've got Sherilyn Fenn in that movie. In <laughs> Book of Henry, we have Naomi, Naomi Watts. Watts. I don't think we had one for The Greatest Showman, actually. I highly doubt if there was, it might have been someone that was working behind the scenes. You, you, know, <laughs> you know what? I think in one of the backgrounds of the musical numbers of uh, the of um, uh, the Greatest Showman, I think, no, I, saw, I, think I saw the Eraserhead baby dancing it, it, in the oh, background well, somewhere. No, it might have been the company that recorded uh, Lynch's music when he released his own <laughs> album. It's all connected. <laughs> And in the episode we're about to record now, uh, after this uh, Scooby-Doo, uh, Matthew Lillard, of course, is in there we go. that. So we've got the Lynch connections are strong. <laughs> they are very strong. But uh, we should nearly wrap up. We're, nearly, we're at 51 minutes here. Uh, is there anything else that anyone wants to mention in terms of the program or any films that we haven't mentioned yet? Something mm. else which has caught my attention is this like sort of low-budget uh, indie horror gotta get the premise up but it sounds interesting enough for me to manage to check it out um just find the premise love the sound of the page turn do that again (laughs) (laughs) i was lucky enough to get a print program it was just like that could be a stock sound effect now yeah 
That should be my transition sound. Like for <laughs> for when I do the blog pod stuff during NIF well, this what, year, just that could be the transition. What's well, sort of like the movie maker? You're that the the page transition. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, oh, love it. <laughs> Beautiful. But yeah, something else has been described as uh, one hell of a love story and a nightmarish monster movie, and that's all I've read. I've actually read the plot b- below it, but I'll, it sounds awesome, so I'm gonna definitely check that out. So what's this one called? Something else. It's a oh, I comedy I horror romance. That's what the genre is saying. Well, I hope it'll be something else. See I've had a, a recent fascination with horror, so anything that's horror on this, I've definitely checked out. <laughs> yeah, what is it? I think the other one was. Uh, have we talked about Young Armored yet? Because I'm thinking I that. I briefly mentioned it. Are yeah. you going to watch it? Because I'm, I'm thinking seeing I'm going to watch it. I'm seeing it. Like uh, the Dar- I've only seen two Darden Brothers films, and they're the most like I think they're most recent films, except for I didn't see their most recent one. The only ones I've seen are like Kid with a Bike and Two Days One Night, which I both think are excellent films. Oh, mm. I watched that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think this movie's gotten a bit of attention because it's about a young, uh, a young Muslim boy that mm. he gets radicalized and hatches a plot to murder his teacher or something like that. Right. So mm. it, it's a bit of a departure for the Dardens in that fa- in that fa- in that factor, and yeah. I'm not sure. Like I-, I believe that they will pull it off. Like I'm just a little bit like I'm caught there's, very there's cautious of, about yeah, it. There's, yeah. There's a lot of rumblings about this out of can. Well, I always like it when s- directors do stuff out of the comfort zone. So I'm, yeah. I'm interested to see this. Um, uh, I don't. I'm not really sure what to expect, but it's, you know, it seems like the biggest gamble that they've taken in terms of their filmmaking, just on subject matter and mm-hmm. possibly the tone. Yeah, absolutely. It, like, yeah, it seems a lot darker than mm. something that they would have made in the past. And it uh, it seems to have paid off for them because they got they won the best director prize at Cannes this year for yeah. Young Ahmed. So. No, another film that I'm seeing is um, which I actually got confused with a French remake of the same of the musical of the same name, but oh. apparently it's completely different. Oh. Uh, Les, Les Misérables, which, <laughs> which was the jury prize winner at Cannes this year. Um, yeah, this is what was that? Uh, where Hugo said his original uh, Les Mis, a new a cop newly recruited into the anti-criminal brigade finds himself on a team whose questionable methods lead them into direct conflict with the neighborhood gangs in their jurisdictions. When a drone camera captures a wrongful police shooting, events boil over into a dramatic clash that threatens to burn the suburb to the ground. Freaking drones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this film, yeah, it was highly touted to take out the Palm Door, but then uh, Parasite, Parasite took it in. out. And a lot of, uh, I guess a lot of people were like, uh, a lot of people were pulling for Les Miserables, but then like when Parasite did it, they're like, yeah, okay. That's right. <laughs> but, but that works too. And I'm the only person on this panel that still has not seen Parasite yet, mm. so I still need to get to that as soon as possible. You should. Well... Some of these restorations I probably might want to see in my spare time, like Peyote or Seven Beauties or um, uh, Distant, Voices Distant Voices and Still yeah. Lives, you know, all good, really good directors. I think they're doing a Terrence Davies <coughs> thing in December. Uh, yeah. Oh, are they? Uh, in December? Yeah, for um, the Cinematheque. Oh, the Cinematheque. Yes, yeah, that's, so right. that, that's the reason. I mean, I definitely would have gone to see that, but I think they're doing that, so I thought I'd hold out on it because everyone's raving about him on Twitter, so I thought. I'll see his stuff. Oh, yeah, people seem to really like Terrence Davies. I I, I haven't seen uh, Distant Voices and Still Lives. I think I saw um, something, something afternoon in the title. I thought that I thought that was all right, but it would be interesting to see what um, what his other films are. Yeah, for sure. Just looking at this program as well, this big image that are on, on the page that you have, you have spread open. Uh, the new film from uh, another favourite of yours, uh, Simon oh, Liang, yeah. uh, Your Face. <laughs> He's done more experimental stuff. He had that VR film, The Deserted, yeah. last year, which you didn't get to uh, I didn't seeing. end up watching, I don't know, 
seem to be too much of the VR experience, but, uh, but this, this film, I'll probably actually check out. It's it's all they also have a um, a short film uh, from with, from Liang. Yeah, from know? Liang, an eighteen minute short film, light, a new one. Well, um, this this film looks interesting. He looks he seems to be doing more experimental stuff, especially with the VR film he did mm. last year. But this is like a collection of like slow motion or like almost like still like slow motion like still photography with just, like, people's faces for 77 minutes, all to the tune of Ryuichi Sakamoto music. Mm. So, like, well, that well, should can't be... Can't go wrong with that, can you? Well, <laughs> let's, yeah. let's, let's see how interesting it is. Uh, let's, let's hope it just doesn't get tedious after a while. Yeah. <laughs> so, o- overall, like, how many films do you guys have in your watch list right about now? At the moment, I've got 12. Hoping for one more that fits in the schedule because 13 is my cap for now. Yeah, I'm looking at something like in between 15 to 20. I'm sort of figuring out what I could make. I mean, you know, definitely, obviously, the longest films I have there, The Holtz and uh, Satan Tango Mm -hmm. and uh, The Flower, I'd definitely be watching those. But everything else, I'm still trying to um, figure out when... Hard to schedule with those ones, for sure. Oh, yeah, considering (laughs) that uh, um, The Flower basically takes out, like, almost the whole weekend. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. But that'd be interesting. I've heard Mm. some weird genre stuff with that one that just sounds so interesting it's a shame i'm gonna miss that one but yeah well you would hope so if it's running for 14 well, hours, hours yeah, yeah. It's not just this i mean they put it under experimental so yeah we'll, we'll see how experimental it gets <laughs> exactly um i i would love to see that um to see the flower but it's just too much of a commitment and i don't know if i I'm, I'm disappointed because like i, I do want to see other stuff and it's a, yeah as i said it's a big commitment but also like I don't know if there's ever going to be a chance to see this film That's ever again. That's the issue, right? Yeah. Like, probably not in cinemas. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, you're, it's a, you know, it's a pretty big deal to skip out on. But again, it's it's huge. Unless like, the Cinematheque gets it one day. That's true. Eloise, if you're listening, <laughs> please try and get it. Um, but something else I was going to say. Uh, a lot of the, because I had uh, earlier this year on the show, I had a lot of, I had a couple of guys from uh from the US who went to Sundance on the show earlier this year, mm-hmm. and a lot of the films that they talked about. Not many of them are playing at uh, like a lot of the Sundance films aren't playing yeah. at MIF. Like one that I was really holding out for that is I haven't seen. It didn't play at Sydney. It didn't play here at all. Um, it's a, a I'm not exactly sure like what it's about, but it had like an amazing premise and uh, a really great title called The Death of Dick Long. Like <laughs> I wanted to uh, like that movie. Uh, Nick Kush, uh, like CEO over at Movie Babble, like he was talking about it. He <laughs> saw it at uh, at Sundance and he was just raving about it. And oh, man, I'm really sense. annoyed that like I, I just haven't heard anything about this film. Nothing in Australia. That's a shame. Yeah, not, yeah. Not too many Sundance films have uh, came out. Like, uh, and there was another one that I thought Miff might get, but again, their release is so close. The mm-hmm. general release is so close. Like, I understand why they didn't do it. And that's um, uh, Garinda Charter's new film, Do- um, Blinded by the Light. Oh yeah. Like that film, which is about like a Pakistani immigrant in the UK who like falls in love with Bruce Springsteen music. Yeah. Like that movie just looks delightful. Like it looks like this year's Sing Street. Like yeah, exactly. There's always one of those movies. It's Sing Street or like last year at MIF, it was Heartbeat Loud. Oh, love that movie. Yeah. Like there's always that, th- that these kinds of movies. And I think... good music films. Yeah. But I think this year, which is one of the Sundance films um, that I believe is going to be probably that feel good film, that mm-hmm. heart, the Heart's Beat Loud of 2019. I believe it's going to be the Gillian uh, Bell film, Britney Runs a Marathon. Yes. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to catch that one, but it definitely looks like the feel good film of MIF in terms of... Yeah, yeah. You need to reward yourself after some like a lot of these like very <laughs> heavy like you know emotionally sure. draining films. Especially Eric seeing all like the four, four five seeing 
the really long films, like you'll probably need them, even though you probably don't want to <laughs> nah, see them. I'm not going to watch them. You're, you're, I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do as many Satan Tango as you have. Um, everything else, uh, not, not as important. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that just about wraps it up, guys. Yeah. Thanks very much for coming on the show. It was fun raving about myth as well. <laughs> it, were, it was. I, so um, I feel like I I thought I was like done with the hype, but no. I no, am back into it's, it. It's, it's really only, hard. It's only just beginning. It is only just beginning. And August is going to be insane and I can't wait. So you would be a bit worried if you died. If you died down now. Right yeah, now. Because <laughs> I remember being just like stupidly ecstatic during the live stream. And I was like, at the end of the night, I was like, okay, I'm calm now. And then the <laughs> second, just like, the second the next morning comes up and I'm trying to schedule, it's like, nah, it's back on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I went to the schedule, like, um, just to quickly, just to wrap this up, like before the program launched, like I, it was the same day I flew back in from London. So I had basically 24 hours straight of air travel, <laughs> but like th- probably three hours combined sleep on the plane <laughs> from like 24 hours of travel. And then had a press screening for Apollo 11 on 9.30 that morning. <laughs> went to that, went home, uh, talked to Eric on the phone for like two hours, <laughs> then went to the program launch and then didn't get to sleep till like 2am that night because I was like frantically yeah, like trying to organize. <laughs> it was, yeah. Wow, that's a lot. So I didn't sleep for like nearly 48 hours. It was nuts. So you, I bet your eyes would have just been completely bloodshot <laughs> at that point. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Never, never question my passion for cinema ever again <laughs> because like, well, this podcast is proof of that, but like what I did, that is proof. 48 hours. I am straight. dedicated. <laughs> oh, I mean, you're you're upping the amount of films you watch exponentially every year. Yeah, my list is almost at 40. My watch list is almost at 40 this year. So far, I've booked 12 tickets of those 40 and mm-hmm. like uh, media accreditation permitting and screeners permitting as well. Uh, I haven't booked all of them yet, but yeah, I'm still waiting to hear back about that, whether I get it or not. So mm-hmm. hopefully we get to hear that soon. Yeah. But yeah. And then the program schedule will be all sorted. Yeah, so that is our MIF preview for 2019. Uh, We're going to, like, last year, Eric and I, we tried to do this thing where we did blog pod sort of formats, like, you know, like podcasts, like just before the movie and just after the film. Oh, yeah. Uh, It was uh, really hard to try and keep up last year. And so we didn't end up, like, releasing those episodes. We only did it for, like, like the first couple of days of the festival. It was difficult. At the beginning, because we'll, when we were doing some recordings, we only had like a short amount of time because we're yeah, walking, we were literally like walking between <laughs> sessions, and it's like, it's like busy Melbourne really night, really and you can hear all the traffic <laughs> and shit in the background. Yeah, but we've got a lot more. Like, there's a lot of guests, and like, I'm more active on Twitter, and I've made more friends on Twitter, like George. Yes, nice. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. So we. <laughs> I didn't so, want to cut you off, so I was like, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'm hoping basically anybody that sees a film with me at MIF, they're probably going to be on the podcast. Awesome. So, yeah. So, we're probably going to try... I'll try and keep up with that. And hopefully with, uh, like, if I get media accreditation, hopefully I might be able to interview some people and some filmmakers, some guests so at the festival <laughs> and try and do that. So, that will be really, really fantastic if I can get that done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. C- our, uh, ABMP's MIF coverage will be very... It'll be ample. Let's just say that. There'll be a lot of it. There'll be an ample supply of content and podcasts coming your way all throughout August. Whether it's during MIF, after MIF, there's going to be a lot. running from one session to the other MIF. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we basically recorded us walking straight after Climax from the comedy theatre <laughs> to Acme because uh, Eric and his mate Cohen, a friend of the show, 
uh, went to go see, I believe it was at Hagazusa. Yeah. And yeah, we were wandering around Melbourne, like going down, I believe it was Exhibition Street or... Yeah. yeah, down Exhibition Street, like holding this Zoom, like right up to it, like recording a podcast, <laughs> like 11 p.m. on a Saturday <laughs> night, going down. It was... That's yeah. some dedication to cinema right there. Yeah. That that episode has not been released and probably never will be. Been oh. lost in the sands of time. Don't yeah. worry, it could just be just in the archives, maybe, you know... <laughs> De- decades later, you just were released just for yeah. fun. <laughs> the lost tapes of ABMP. <laughs> All right, we shouldn't delay this any longer. Thanks very much for George Thank Kapakos you for, for coming on. Uh, people want to find you. We mentioned uh, Take, take, take Boy 2. Yes, we're on Twitter, Take Boy 2 Prod. You can also find me on Twitter, George Kapakos, where I just tweet about movies and shit, as always. Um, yeah. Good stuff. And I believe uh, pinned to your Twitter profile is a short film you made. Yes. Uh, Nobody. My, f- my first short film uh, for my uh, Swinburne course, Nobody, which is a 90 second film is pinned so check that out say nice things about it if you want up to you thank you yeah i (laughs) I watched it last night it was fantastic thank you so much it was really it was a good challenge to you know for everyone to sort of have that 90 second you know um limit but i think it really turned out well in the end so i'm glad to hear it awesome we're um eric is a luddite (laughs) so he has nothing to promote but yeah (laughs) i mean you could uh you've promoted not non-creative eric tisha (laughs) i didn't follow him in letterboxd It changes like every fucking month, doesn't oh, it? I just change the pictures and the names. I barely log, and sometimes I comment something stupid. Don't you have? Don't you have like Ugandan Knuckles as your like profile picture or something right now? Uh, it's not Ugandan Knuckles. It's a Sonic, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it looks pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, we'll find that, or just, or just go to me or George and look, try and look for. <laughs> try and find him through that. Try and find him through there. But as for ABMP and myself, you can follow me on Twitter at SeanHub underscore. That is S-E-A-N-H-U-B underscore. You can also follow ABMP on Twitter. That is at ABMoviePodcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at AnotherBloodyMoviePod. And also myself on Instagram, also at SeanHub underscore. You can follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And I'm probably going to try and get us on Spotify soon. Do so stay, stay tuned for that. Um, yeah, thanks very much for listening, guys. Thanks for Eric and George for Thank coming you. back on. Stay tuned ne- next, hopefully in the next couple of days, which we are about to record, <laughs> Film Fiasco 4 on... Scooby-Doo! <laughs> We're recording that now, but until then, enjoy Miff, enjoy movies. Enjoy movies. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. See ya. <laughs>